Hello, friends. I hope you've had an awesome week and an even more awesome weekend. Thank you for joining us once again for our weekly chat. I'm Tristan, and I'm here to give you enjoyable and interesting English language input for all intermediate learners. Today, you'll learn about my recent trip to central Vietnam, to the lovely town of Hoi An. I'll give you some more tips to improve your pronunciation. You'll learn about the biggest national holiday in Korea called Chuseok. And I'll teach you my favorite adjective, which is the word enchanting. And I'll tell you all about the wonderful Blue Dragon Children's Foundation, a successful charity that helps homeless children here in Vietnam. And a concert that my band is doing tonight for the Children's Foundation with some other bands here in Hanoi, in Vietnam. By the way, there are now over 1,000 regular listeners, about 1,200 to be exact. And our community here seems to be growing every day, and I'm very inspired and excited by that. About three or four weeks ago, I had a one-week vacation. Why did I have a one-week vacation? Because I work at a Korean school. I know I work in Vietnam, but in Vietnam, I work at a Korean school. All the students are Korean, most of the other teachers are Korean, and the biggest Korean holiday of the year is in late September, and it's called Chuseok. Yeah, interestingly enough, there is a very big South Korean community here in Hanoi. One part of the city, which is named Midin, they call it Koreatown. And going there is like stepping into Seoul or Busan. Suddenly, the streets are all wide and clean, and there's the Korean alphabet on all the shop windows, Korean barbecue, hair salons, and food everywhere. Yeah, sometimes I go there with my Korean work colleagues, and you know, for a, a classic Korean-style night on the town, we'll have a kind of kimchi and a spam meat stew or barbecue, have some soju, go to the karaoke, you know, do Korean things. It's great. It's good fun. Yeah, I had a new dish the other night, which was a mix of kimchi, which is the Korean fermented cabbage, and spam meat. Spam meat is a kind of overly processed fake meat in a can. It was famously eaten by American soldiers often, in the 20th century, but it became very popular in Korea during the Korean War in the 1950s. And they started to mix it, to mix it with their own dishes, such as kimchi. I was impressed, actually. It tasted much better than I thought it would taste. Yeah, so this part of town is so Korean that I work with some Korean teachers that live there, and they don't speak Vietnamese, they don't speak English, but they have survived here in Hanoi, in Vietnam, for many, many years, speaking just Korean. Because everything they need in Koreatown 
is in Korean, right? It's similar to my grandfather, actually. He lived in Montreal in Canada for the last 40 years of his life, but he only knew how to speak Italian, as there's a, a big Italian community in Montreal. So he somehow survived for like 40 years just speaking, you know, his own language, like not French and English, like everyone else in Montreal. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, so I had a week off for the Chuseok holiday. This is the biggest holiday on the Korean calendar, very much like other national holidays in the Far East, in China, Taiwan, Japan, etc. At Chu the, the Far East, we call those countries. At Chuseok, Koreans go to pagodas and temples and they pay their respects and they pray to their ancestors. And this is a common in, in the Far East, this praying to the ancestors. Ancestors are your relatives from a very long time ago. So your grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-great-great-parents, and further, further back, further back. So they visit the graves of their ancestors. They also eat traditional foods, and it's around the time of the autumn equinox. Actually, the direct translation from Korean to English of Chuseok is autumn eve. It's also related to the harvest of crops. Koreans would ask for the ancestors' blessing to the harvest. Harvest meaning the gathering of food from crops. Uh, on farms, and they'd wished for the harvest of next year to be better. So yeah, all of Korea is off work at this time, including my school. So I went to a, a beautiful city in the middle of Vietnam called Da Nang, right on the beach, big, wide, open roads, surrounded by mountains. It's, it's my paradise, actually. My relationship with Da Nang is quite intimate and complicated. Yeah, I've tried, I've tried to move there and live there for about five years, but the timing is never right. Either I get like a work promotion or, I mean, there's been a couple of times I fell in love at, at the wrong time and because of that I couldn't make the move to Da Nang. Or something happens in Hanoi or Saigon, where the other cities I've lived in Vietnam, as I'm about to move to Da Nang and something stops me. Well, my attempts to move to Da Nang have not finished yet. I will move there one day. You'll see, and I'll tell you about it on the podcast. So the Da Nang area is one of the most famous parts of the country for international tourism. I mean, it is a, a beautiful place. A beautiful area, especially a small town next to Da Nang called Hoi An. Hoi An is a very unique and special place. Unique. Unique is a beautiful adjective. It describes something very special, right? Uni means like only one of something unique, like unicorn, unicycle. Unicorn has one horn, unicycle has one uh, wheel. There's only one of Hoi An. It's very unique. Uh, check it out on Google. Hoi An. The spelling is H-O-I-A-N. So it's the most perfectly preserved classic 
post-colonial French Vietnamese town. There you see Vietnamese architecture, architecture, which is the art of making buildings. Classic Vietnamese architecture is a mix between ethnic Vietnamese and French styles. So you have Vietnamese style tiled roofs with, you know, dragons on them. And then like French windows with a, a European style balcony. It's really beautiful. Also, the French windows and doors are nearly all green and the colour of the rest of the buildings are nearly all sand-coloured, a yellowish-brown sand-coloured. And all around the town are Chinese lanterns, the lights, and the river is full of rowing boats and people uh, lighting candles, and they make a wish, and the candles float down the river. It's very dreamy, this town. Vietnam was a French colony for about 80 years, by the way. So there's a French influence there in the architecture and the food. Oh, if you're wondering why I keep on speaking about Vietnam, it's because I, I live here, actually, and have done for about six or seven years. So there's a beautiful beach there in Hoi An called An Bang Beach, a very long beach lined with palm trees. So those tropical trees with coconuts growing in them. So normally this town is full of tourists. It's probably, for better or for worse, the most touristy town I've ever been to. The locals are completely reliant on tourism. On a normal day there, you'd see, you know, like hundreds of Korean and Japanese families all wearing clothes with the matching patterns, like matching pineapple patterns or couples with matching teddy bear or apple patterns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Why all the matching patterns? Because Hoi An is actually the tailoring capital of Vietnam. Tailor. A tailor makes your clothes to measure. So tailoring is a big industry in Vietnam. And many people go to Hoi An to get lovely clothes made. Wedding dresses, suits, tuxedos, etc. at the tailors. And for fun, so the tourists for fun, you know, they, they get the matching pineapple suits. So one thing, yeah, especially like Korean and Japanese tourists, they seem to love, like, so the whole family will wear like a ridiculous pattern. It's a, it's a good bit of fun. Yeah, tailoring is popular in Vietnam when tourists come over because it's, well, it's inexpensive compared to many other places, right? Like if you went to Italy or France and made, got a tailor-made suit, it'd be much more expensive. So Chusok, uh, it, this town is normally busy, vibrant. Vibrant is a lovely adjective. Vibrant means full of energy and, and colour. So this normally vibrant town is now like a ghost town because of our old friend Corona, Corona-Rona, COVID-19. It's a ghost town, so all the vibrant streets and temples were closed up. And for the first time, you could see, you could see and experience Hoi An like it used to be before the mass tourism. So the real, the natural Hoi An, it was enchanting. There was long empty streets with the lanterns and a bit of mist and the temples and 
and uh, boats like slowly going down the river with that traditional Vietnamese hat, you know, the sun hats. Enchanting is my favorite adjective of all time. Enchanting, it means something that is very interesting, that you can't keep your eyes off of, and beautiful, attractive, and a bit magical. For example, the Taj Mahal at sunrise is enchanting. The misty forest is enchanting. Her smile was enchanting. Something enchanting controls you a little bit. Music and the arts can be enchanting. The Mona Lisa is definitely enchanting, right? It pulls you closer. You can't keep your eyes off of it. And yes, it's a little bit magical. One other thing about my favorite adjective, enchanting or enchanted. It's enchanting or enchanted, depending on who's saying it. Is that the French? So the French often say it when they meet someone. How delightful is that? They say enchanté, which in which is enchanted in French. So you can imagine like a, a Casanova type character bowing in front of a woman, saying bonsoir, mademoiselle, and kissing her hand and saying enchanté as a greeting. Hm. How cool, enchanté! So it's so. So darling. Okay, next topic. More pronunciation tips. In the previous two podcasts, we looked at shadowing as a pronunciation practice technique and also recording yourself and some little activities you can do when recording yourself to improve your pronunciation. I've got three more little tips for you today. Tip one. Okay. When you're practicing a pronunciation, slow down when speaking. Read something out loud, slowly. Something I've noticed is that so many people try to speak quicker than they should, to look clever, maybe. But if you slow down, you can really notice what you are doing wrong. If you don't make time to slow down and notice your mistakes, you will reinforce, meaning you will reinforce, you'll make stronger bad habits and bad pronunciation technique. Also, you have to be very honest with yourself. Ask yourself continuously, how can your pronunciation be better? Slow down and notice ways it can be better. Okay, tip two, uh, picture it. Close your eyes and think and imagine how you'll make the sound before saying it. Imagine the feeling in your muscles of your mouth and face. Imagine the, the physical sensation of saying it perfectly before you say it. This technique also helps me a lot with singing. I've always found it difficult to sing with healthy technique and not hurt my throat and my voice. By, by visualizing and imagining myself doing it correctly, by remembering the physical sensation of the correct technique, in my body, it is easier for me to then adjust my body to the correct feeling and to know when I'm using my body and muscles incorrectly to achieve the singing sound. So singing should be, I used to sing from my throat, like da 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 da, and that kind of da da scratches my throat from the diaphragm. Da 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 da, it's a bit more much smoother. And that's a, that's a muscular thing, using my muscles. There's a physical sensation there. 
So how does the correct pronunciation physically feel? And finally, tip three, uh, practice speaking alone, right? This will give you more confidence and gives you more opportunity to notice your mistakes. And when it comes to mistakes, you have to be honest with yourself. Maybe your pronunciation is good, but it can always be better. Everything can always be better. You must be open-minded about your mistakes and be able to be self-critical. And also put in the time to improve your pronunciation. Even 10 minutes per day is fine. See it as a, a regular part of your day, like going to the gym. You can speak to yourself a little bit, record yourself a little bit, and then maybe shadow a podcast on your way to work every day, five days a week, something like that. So speaking alone is actually a whole art in itself. There are so many activities you can do when it comes to speaking to yourself as practice. And this is something I've thought about quite a lot. But we will explore this next week. Okay, so next week, I'll give you many new ideas for ways you can improve by speaking alone. Okay, now for the final part of today's episode. I'm going to tell you about a well-known charity here in Hanoi, in Vietnam, called the Blue Dragon Children's Foundation. This charity helps children here in Vietnam who are homeless. Homeless, meaning they are street kids who have no parents and no home. A bit like the kids in Slumdog Millionaire, if you've seen that movie. Homeless. Blue Dragon looks after them finds them homes and work and helps inspire them to make a new and better life. They support their education and help them build skills and find careers for street kids and also for victims of slavery and sex trafficking. Up to now, they've rescued hundreds of people from sex trafficking and also from forced marriages in places in China one place that often happens for Vietnamese people, unfortunately. So the charity started in 2001 by an Australian English teacher called Michael Browski when he started teaching street boys, uh, shoe shining boys in Hanoi. He started teaching them English, maths, yoga and art and started a football team with them. And the charity grew and expanded from there. Now, Many uh, co-teachers and some colleagues of mine have volunteered there when they can. Two of these people, uh, two good friends of mine, are Gareth and Jack. They are the guitarist and drummer of my band. They've organized a charity music concert to raise money for Blue Dragon. Also, they both volunteer and do music lessons with the children there. There's a new word for you volunteer. It's a verb which means to work for free, to work without pay, to work, you could say, from the kindness of your heart. Volunteer. Volunteered. Volunteering. My band have organized a charity concert tonight to raise money for Blue Dragon Children's Foundation, to raise money for their music and arts department. I think Hundreds of people will be there. There'll be many other bands, games, activities, etc. So wish us luck. I'll let you know how it goes next practice. I'll let you know if we raised 
much money, if it was a success. Uh, the website for Blue Dragon is actually a really good read for English learners. There are many articles about Blue Dragon's projects, their successes, uh, recent news and developments, and they are written in simpler English. So I'd guess it's about pre-intermediate and intermediate level, because it's written in English, but for an international audience. So yeah, check out the website, read some of the articles. It's www.bluedragon.org. Once more, that's www.blue, like the colour blue, dragon, like the mythical fire-breathing reptile, dot org, O-R-G, www.bluedragon.org, and have a read. Learn about these wonderful charity projects in Vietnam and get inspired I've also included the link in the podcast description. So listen to this podcast as many times as you can. There's great power in repetition, listening to the same audio again and again and again. This way you'll understand much more of the podcast and you will pick up much more new language. Also, shadow it. Okay, that's enough for today. Thank you so much for watching. As always, feel free to get in touch or leave some feedback or a comment. I love hearing from you guys. Okay, lots of love.